With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Football Friday. Welcome in, everybody. It's Miller and Condon, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Trent running solo here with you today. Glad to have you aboard with us on a Football Friday. A busy one as we will get into the college and the NFL game. Maybe sprinkle in a little high school as we look forward to tonight in week four of the Iowa high school football season. A lot going on here today. Coming up on the BMW of Des Moines guest list, we'll kick things off with our old friend Bama Bob. During the football season, the college variety, he joins us on Mondays to recap what we saw on Fridays to preview the upcoming matchups. And we got a fun slate of games coming up here. Bama Bob will be here. Ken He's also here for that one, so we'll have those guys coming up here 15, 20 minutes or so. We'll get your college football weekend started with that. Then 1045, our look at the Cyclones with Dave Sproul from 1430 KASI up in Ames. He'll stop by. We'll talk about Iowa State as they look to regroup after last week, the road trip out to UNLV. And you Cyclone fans, I know there's still more of you making your way to the airport right now, getting ready to hop on a bird and make your way to Vegas. What a scene that is going to be. And I'm not going to lie, very disappointed I'm not there with you all. Any excuse for me to get out to Vegas, I love to take it. Last didn't happen for this one, but that's all right. They'll have fun out there and should be a whooping of the Rebels. So that'll be a good part of it too. Get right, get that offense geared up, and then get ready for conference conference play as it begins next week on the road. And they'll head to Baylor. So Dave Sproul coming up here about 10.45 or so. We'll get into things with Dave and uh, talk some Cyclones with him. Then we'll kick off the 11 o'clock hour. We'll go to the other side and we'll go to the Hawkeyes. Tom Kakert from HawkeyeReport.com. He'll be my guest. We'll talk with Tom about everything going on with the Hawkeyes. A perhaps tricky spot with Kent State. Kind of interesting here. A football team certainly that can move the ball. Has some limitations defensively. Not big up front. This feels like the Iowa offense has a chance to really get right and get in shape. We'll get into that a little bit more with Tom Cakert. And look forward to the next two weeks, non-conference games, the ones that normally you'd have games one and two. Alas, the Big Ten, of course, went with the conference schedule in week one. Saw Iowa-Indiana followed by, of course, the Cyhawk game last week. So now you get these two games. Colorado State next week is just brutal. This is an awful football team that they'll play. The Kent State team that they're going to see tomorrow at Kinnick Stadium, a much better football team than we'll see coming up on the 25th, but we'll get into that a little bit more with Tom Cakert again, about 11.05 with Tom. 11.25, 11.30 or so, it'll be your chance to win some Claxons, $35 gift certificate on the line. If you can guess 
the correct amount of games. We'll got four games for you coming up here against the point spread. Also a tiebreaker at the end. We'll give you an opportunity. First place gets $35. Second place gets $25. Again, about 1130 for that with our Claxons giveaway. And then we'll wrap things up with our picks. Ken, he's already got his in the bag. We'll hear from Ken one final time late in the program today as he tries to chase me down 8-2 and two on the picks that I've handed out here on the radio show the last two weeks. And off to a blazing start after dominating a season ago. We'll look to do more of the same. Ken 5-5 five five on the year, though he is 2-0 and on his best bets. Something to keep an eye on. I'm 8-2 and overall, 5-0 and in week one, 3-2 and last week. We eked out a winning week, and we will work to do better here coming up at the end of the show. So that's what's on tap for you today from the BMW of Des Moines guest list. But before we start to look forward, let's look back and look back at last night, Thursday night football, NFL Network, Buck and Aikman on the call. And let's hear our Urology Center of Iowa audio cut of the day. It's time for the Urology Center of Iowa audio cut of the day. Good snap, good hold, kick is no good. But a flag is down in the secondary near the Washington sideline. Good snap, good hold. Kick is good. Washington wins it. Set up your vasectomy appointment with the Urology Center of Iowa at 515-400-3550 or iowauro.com. Thank you, the Urology Center of Iowa. Audio cut of the day here on Miller and Condon. And as you look back at that one last night, so many surprises from that football game. First of all, it was actually a fun game. It was, I wouldn't say a great played game. It was a well-played game. It was better than anticipated. You looked at this on paper. And it felt like it was going to be a slog. Taylor Heineke just making his third career start. You know, he ran around against the Buccaneers last year in the playoffs. But for Washington, limitations that they have. Really good defensive front. And then the Giants. An awful offensive line in Week 1. Graded out as one of the worst. One of the worst coming into the season against that front for Washington. The football team have their problems offensively. But that defense can be elite. And yet it was up and down the field last night. Both quarterbacks looked incredibly good at times. Danny Dimes dropping things in. He's a guy that is so skittish normally. Just a guy that never can be comfortable, it feels like, in the pocket. We talked about earlier in the week the fumbles. 30 fumbles in his career up to this point. But he was tight with the football. He made the right plays. He made the right reads. And in a back-and-forth game, and then that final play of the game, how a guy lined up over the football, how you jump, I get you're trying to jump the snap count. You're trying to get over there. The ball's in front of you, and that's the last thing that you can do is get an offsides penalty. That's what happened. Second choice and knocked through by Dustin Hopkins as Washington wins it. They move to 1-1 one one on the season after the loss in Week 1 to the Chargers. And how about this number for the Giants? Giants now 0-2 in five consecutive seasons. Something seemingly unthinkable for a team. Absolutely ugly there. For the Giants, another 0-2 start. They haven't been over 500 in a long, long time. Once proud organization and hard times continue there. Danny Dimes, though, did he show something last night? Maybe. Just maybe. I understand how you can look at that guy. You can watch that game last night, and you can see what a lot of other people see. It's not it for him. It's year three. 
but it feels like this has got to be a year where he's got to pick this team up and continue to trend forward. Saw a little Saquon, had one great run. How about that at the end of the game? They have a chance to put this thing away. They get the ball. They get a chance. Field goal obviously takes the lead. And what do they do? They sit on it. Run the ball. Not much there. Just not a whole lot of you trying. Herm Edwards said, you play to win the game. Saquon, he can bust off big ones. We've seen that. He can absolutely bust off big ones. But for that, leaves things a little something to be desired. So that's NFL. We'll talk some more NFL later on in the program. Got some picks come your way. Love the NFL slate. Told you earlier this week, week two is my favorite NFL week two bet. And this slate of games this week, normally week two, feels easy. I mean, just absolutely. Take every overreaction that you hear, go the opposite way, and you're going to have a profitable weekend in the NFL. I did that. Don't love the slate, but that's also a piece of this. There Plenty of times you just have to plug your nose, take your picks, go that direction, grab those big numbers that are out there. There's a ton of overreaction in the NFL, and I think you're going to see that show up in a big way here in Week 2. But more on that coming up. Iowa State mentioned at the top. We'll talk to Dave Sproul on the Cyclone side, Tom Kakert on the Hawkeye side, get a little deeper into those games. It just, after last week, such a letdown in trying to break these games down. You got Iowa ranked in the top five. This is the first time in the Kirk Ferentz era that they've been ranked in the top five, and yet, it's Kent State. Even as we try to tell ourselves that Kent State maybe has something, a letdown spot for Iowa, could this thing be tight as we get into the second half, on and on and on. It just It's difficult to break this game down and get overly excited about it. Hawkeye fans, you're thinking forward. You're thinking about what could be. Getting back to Indianapolis for the first time since 2015. And for me, coming into the year, that was the only goal that you're looking to attain. Another nice 8-4, and 9-3 and three year, but you're short of Indianapolis. It just isn't good enough. Because this program and this team has been good enough to get there over the last four years. They have been right there, and they haven't been able to get that win. Or they stubbed their toe. We saw it last season, the first two games, against Purdue, against Northwestern. Those two games going the other way. The opportunities have been there. The team has been there, and they just haven't been able to break down the door. I thought coming into the year, there was too much talent for that to be anything short of that to not be considered a major accomplishment. And here they are. Wisconsin already has a loss. Northwestern looks brutal. Those are the teams that have won the West Division title over the last couple of years. Minnesota, we'll see. Was it a mirage what happened Thursday? But That Thursday night against Ohio State? Was that more a Buckeye problem of what we've seen defensively with Kerry Cooks? Certainly can make that argument. Of course, we talked about Nebraska a ton. What's going on there? It's all in front of Iowa. you got two weeks now to get your offense right. Build up the running game. You get Kyler shot back this week. That should help out. Figure out what you're doing to tackles. Is it Nick DeYoung, the Pella kid? Is Mason Richmond taking over at left tackle? Figure out the right combination. you got two weeks to do it. Get the running game going. Good Goodson back on track. Some of the tentative nature that we've seen out of him. Time to move on and move past that. On the other side for Iowa State, again, this is about the offense. The defense is going to be there. They're going to pack a punch all season long. There's no huge concerns about that. You look at the touchdown that Iowa had late in the first half of that football game. Sheem Young came flying in. Well, they came flying in because Iowa wasn't throwing the football, and he made a throw. Petrus made a throw there. Defense, though, it's going to be outstanding. It's going to keep them seemingly in every game this season as long as the offense can get revved back up. I said during the summer, 
to think that this was going to be an offensive line. Phil Steele had them fourth in the country. It just felt like a huge stretch. Nice offensive line, an improved offensive line, but one of the best five in the country? Come on. One of those guys is going to be even a first three-round draft pick. Maybe, maybe Trevor Downing? Maybe? And this is going to be one of the best offensive lines in the country. It seemed like a stretch. More than anything, I thought Brees Hall covered up a lot of the ails of that offensive line. Well, Brees Hall, as we've heard, is as banged up as what they've been talking about. That's not going to be, he's not going to be able to cover up so many of those problems. So get it right. UNLV, they can't tackle. I watched them against Eastern Washington. Just, they're not a good defensive team. Got a quarterback that can move around. We'll see if Tate Martell maybe could be part of the quarterback group that they throw out there. They got injuries. They got concerns. Go out there. Have a fun time in Vegas and watch your team absolutely steamroll the running Rebs. That's what you're looking for from Iowa State. What we're looking for is Bama Bob. We're going to hear from him next. We'll talk to Bama about everything going on in college football. Ken also with us as we take you up until noon. It's Miller and Condon, 1460 KXNO. And today. Back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Not only that, we got Ken with us as he is on his way to Vegas. But yes, we'll take you behind the curtain here. We tape this <laughs> on Thursday. Oh, Ken, I know you are uh, in the air for our as radio we listeners. Speak, yeah. is, yes, absolutely. It's college football, and you're going to see Allegiant Stadium tomorrow. Yeah, as much as anything, Trent, I don't think it's going to be much of a game, but I'm excited to see the stadium. We talked about it on Tuesday, just uh, the scene that we saw uh, at the at Monday Night Football, Monday Night Football, such a special, special uh, occurrence, and uh, that was fun. So let's get into college football, Bama Bob. Good to speak with you. I'll miss you on Monday, but um, that'll be the last one I take off. I promise, because uh, I just love the I love the Friday hit, and I love the recap on Monday. Boys, are you ready? Let's get to it. I want to start with a game, Trent, that I'm going to put in my picks. Mm-hmm. Uh, this game means so much to Cincinnati. The Bearcats uh, in Indiana, they've got Notre Dame coming up uh, after a bye, so they get next week off before Notre Dame. We both love Ritter. The quarterback has been outstanding. Fickle's a terrific football coach. Trent, I'll start with you. Indiana, you saw him in person. Mm-hmm. Uh, your thoughts on this game? It's interesting when you look at Michael Penix, and it's something that we talked about leading into the Iowa-Indiana game, but he's seven months removed from an ACL tear, the second ACL tear that he's had in the last three years. And it's eh, modern science. He's fine. Mm-hmm. That guy's not fine. No, he's not. You dig into last week of the game against Idaho. They didn't do a whole lot offensively. It was a block punt. It was a punt return. It was more than anything what they were able to do on that side of things. So you kind of couple all this together, and you're left thinking just maybe Indiana's not that good. That's kind of the direction that I'm heading in in this game. And Cincinnati... Not only what they can do offensively, but they still pack a defense, even with some of the losses they had last year. It just feels like an incredibly tough spot for the Hoosiers. Yeah, and it's so important for Cincinnati, Bama. They want one of those playoff bursts. They're going to have to be unbeaten. Sure. And if they get a couple of Power 5 scalps, at least they're going to be in the conversation. How do you see it, Bama? Yeah, listen, Iowa did Cincinnati no favors by just rolling Indiana in the first game. And, and I'm with Trent on this one. I don't think Penix is back. 100%. You give the guy credit for, for coming out and trying. Um, Indiana, I thought, and I think we, we were kind of on record of this when we were talking, 
you know, maybe one of those teams that's kind of poised for a big letdown this year. And, and I think that might be true. I'm with Trent. I kind of looked into the Idaho game. You know, they only had a little over 300 yards of offense, and Idaho is putrid. Yeah. Um, I, I do like Ritter. I like Cincinnati in this game. Uh, I think the line is only three and a half. I mean, you know, look, I think there's a lot of excitement around it. I, I know the tickets are, when you, you kind of look on the aftermarket to judge, you know, interest in it, they're, you know, going for 75, 80 bucks to get in. A lot of those could be Cincinnati fans. I don't know. It's, you know, it's an easy drive, easy trip over, Big Ten opponent, all that kind of thing. But I like Cincinnati in this one. You mentioned the, uh, you know, their defense. I think their defense is, is, is pretty rock solid. They they haven't really. I mean, you know, Miami of Ohio and Murray State, so you can't really get a big read off of that. They did what they needed to do. Uh, you know, blew both those teams out, scoring in the forties. But I, I like Cincinnati here, and I, I do like them to cover the three and a half, even though it's on the road. I just Indiana's got to find a running game. They have to find somebody besides Michael Penix to to be to help lighten that load a little bit, and I'm not sure they have that. And you couple that with, as Trent said, him not being 100%, that's just not a good form, though, for a team that is hungry and has a lot to play for in Cincinnati. Now, let's go to this one, Trent. It's Nebraska and Oklahoma. Had a fun conversation with Sipple on Thursday, so um, can, can Nebraska keep it close? You've been on this Husker team. Mm-hmm. You, you had um, a higher opinion of them preseason than I did. I don't think they're going to win. I don't think you think they're going to win. No. Is it going to be a game? I think it is, and I think it is because they do have a defense. They can at least slow Oklahoma down, and I think they can score too. Martinez, he'll probably make a dumb mistake, and that will <laughs> yeah. keep it from being you know, a 10-17 point game and maybe get a little bit closer to that point spread. But yeah, I see them hanging around, and more than anything, maybe this is just memories of growing up yeah. and just how important and big that game was right around Thanksgiving every single year. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why I'm going down the road, tugging at the heartstrings. I'm turning into you, Ken, over here. <laughs> Maybe that's a reason <laughs> for it. But old fool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think they hang around at the very least. How about you, Bama? Don't see it that way. Um, I, I think, if anything, what you're going to see on display is a quarterback in Adrian Martinez who, who I like and I have liked, and I, I think he's tough. He's been through a lot since he's been there. He hasn't gotten any better. He, Scott Frost has not developed to him. Now, maybe he's just gotten – maybe this is what he is. This is his ceiling. And, and maybe, you know, we kind of overestimated, you know, that he would just continue to improve. On the other side, you've got a kid in Spencer Rattler who I think maybe underachieved a little bit. It's kind of hard to say that last year. I think he's just – I mean, he he's just spot on this year. I think he's improved a lot. I think you give Lee and Riley a lot of credit for that. Listen, I'm gonna. I would stay away from the line at 22 because you know 42-21, you lose. Mm-hmm. Then again, I could see this, you know, 42-10, 45-13, something like that. I don't think it's competitive. I hope it is because, like you, I mean, this is a nostalgia game. This is one of those that back in the day, mm-hmm. you know, both even before the Big 12 when you had the Big Eight, you know, uh, Tom Osborne and Barry Switzer and Johnny Rogers. Oh my gosh! You just go back to Barry, you know, uh, Billy Sims, and mm-hmm. you know Mike Rozier. I mean, just names really out of the, the college football history when you go back and look at it. And and this was this was before Florida State and Miami. This was the game back in the you know seventies, early to mid eighties. This this was this was 
an incredible matchup. I just don't see it being competitive here. I think Oklahoma got off the hook with Tulane in that week one and, you know, 76 nothing. You take nothing out of that game last week against Western Carolina. Nebraska's had a couple of get right games after the loss to Illinois, but I just don't see this as being competitive. I, I want it to be, but I don't think it's going to be. Trent, I put this game on the list. This could have normally fallen into sneaky good game, and one of the three of us could throw this one out there. But I, I know you're kind of hot and cold on Deggy. Virginia mm-hmm. Tech was so good in week one against North Carolina. I don't know what they did against – I know they won uh, last week. I don't know if it was a letdown or not. I'm, I was anxious when I when I put this one out there. Get your take on this game. West Virginia, I, I, you've been talking about them as maybe that other team in the Big 12, mm-hmm. and we go back into July and we were having that conversation I think it's got a chance to be a, a, a sneaky, fun football game. I think it's going to be just that, but it, as it pertains to a feeling, you're right, Deggy. I thought there was going to be another step. I haven't seen that, and it's hard to tell a whole lot when you're taking on Long Island, as they did last week, <laughs> about him. He just he can't move around. He's so statuesque back there in the way and some of the speed of the Big 12 defenses. I just don't like his fit there. Virginia Tech... As you guys know, I love them in that opening game against North Carolina. I thought you were crazy. I jumped aboard on that one, but I don't love this team. They still have limitations themselves offensively. Hugely important game, I think, for the Big 12 to get some kind of non-conference scalp to go along. West Virginia has already lost to Maryland. Of course, we talked about what happened last week in the Big 12. Oklahoma will get one tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know how big of a scalp (laughs) that one's going to be, but just overall, feels like an important one there. I think it's going to be a good game, but as it pertains to a feeling, this is one of those that I just sit out. How about you, Bama? Yeah, listen, I'm a, this is probably my favorite game of the early window. Really? Even more so than – yeah, I, this just seems like a game that should be played every year, Ken. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how far apart these schools are, a couple hundred miles maybe. Um, but, you know, they're in different conferences. They haven't played in a while. I think the series dates back almost 100 years. Mm. Um, but you're right. I mean, you take <laughs> – it's so hard to get a judge. West Virginia, you know, they lose the opener to Maryland, who I – think might be we'll we'll get a little taste of them Friday night um against you know Illinois which is you know a tune-in game for me on a Friday mm-hmm. night in a big 10 game but you know Long Island again nothing nothing out of that game Virginia Tech by far the more impressive win out of you know the four games that these two have played low scoring game against North Carolina the defense to me uh, you know, was was impressive, kind of holding down that North Carolina, what we thought would be a potent North Carolina offense. I'm with Trent. I don't really have a feeling on this either way. I generally always get burned anytime I bet the ACC. I just <laughs> it's one of those conferences. Other than Clemson, you try to take anybody else and figure them out, and it's it's just hard to do because it's just so wild up and down. But as far as a game goes and an environment goes. Um, I'm really into this one. I, again, just my favorite one, I think, in the early window, just if nothing else, because, you know, border war, um, different conferences, ACC versus Big 12, can Virginia Tech, you know, be a team that can compete, you know, for a conference and, you know, division and then maybe even a conference title there? I don't know if they're that good. I do like Burmeister. Um, he's not flashy. He's He kind of feels like he should play for Wisconsin, you know, as a quarterback, yeah. <laughs> one of those guys, you know. Right. Um, but I, I, I like this game. I have no idea who's going to win, but I'm going to be 
this is going to kind of be my primary game in the early window tomorrow. Interesting. Uh, Trent, let's go to the SEC. East versus West. Bama's just a little more than what? A t- uh, what what's the line? Still 15 more than a couple and a half touchdowns? Now. Yeah. 15? Is it gone to that I much? I saw it down to 14 and a half. Okay. Um, so a little money you know, coming in on Florida here. Uh, not a lot, probably, but a little bit. Trent? Uh, recently looking uh, at it right now 80 percent of the bets and 72 percent of the money on bama i just have a sneaking suspicion i don't like florida i did not like florida coming into the year but that richardson kid i have been so Fun. impressed in the limited reps that he has no he's got a hamstring injury and there's also even as much as i do kind of like florida this week that lingering thought in your mind saban he's got something for the freshman he's been reading all the headlines he's heard all the buzz Hey, you wait, young man. We got something waiting for you, and all of a sudden, it's 42-10, game over. But I kind of like Florida. How about you, Bama? This is a tough one. I mean, I think this is going to be closer than people think. Look, this was almost the exact same spread in the SEC championship game last year. I know, and, you know, Florida kept that close. That ended 52-46. to Um, Look, obviously, Prask is gone. Pitts is gone from Florida. That's going to hurt. Alabama lost, you know, everybody in the NFL who's now making an impact in the NFL. Uh, I think this, I'm with Trent. I think this game's going to be closer than people think. I think it's going to be close for a while. Look, two of my best friends from college are, are Gators. They're all over Richardson. I mean, they, they, everybody agrees this is a kid who can start. Bowen is being stubborn. I just have not seen anything out of Emory Jones. You know, I'm married to a Gator, so I've <laughs> seen a couple of. Uh, Gator games, you know, more than I'd like this year against, um, you know, some pretty crappy opponents in Florida Atlantic and South Florida. But I just haven't seen anything from Jones. It's, it's kind of one read, and that's it. And that's just not going to work against Alabama. That said, I think the environment is going to be pretty tough down there tomorrow. Um, Dan Mullen can be sneaky good in game plans. I think he's going to use both. Even if everything's going well, you're going to see both these guys. Richardson has just he's been he's deadly on the deep ball. I just think it comes down to can Florida run because if they can't run, and I don't mean from the quarterback, they can they get any kind of ball control, any kind of threat of a running game, play action, anything like that to slow down Alabama's defense. Because if not, they're just going to come after whoever is back there, and then it's just improvised stuff, and that's when you throw balls late over the middle or you try to force one in, and then you got that Alabama secondary that's just going to feast off of that. I think Bryce Young, we're going to see a lot. We're going to gauge a lot more off of Bryce Young tomorrow starting in Gainesville than we you know, ever knew against you know what's a, turned out to be a pretty average Miami team. So. I like Alabama to win. I think it's closer. I, I'm staying away from the betting line on this just because I could see maybe a, a late pull away from Alabama. But I don't think this is one of those annuity games that Trent talks about where they just run out to an early leading coast. I don't see it that way. Uh, but, again, if, if one team's going to get away from the other, we know which side that's going on. I just think it's got a chance to be a closer game and a more entertaining game than people think. Game day, Trent's going to be at Penn State. Penn mm-hmm. State and Auburn. Uh, this number opened up and it's a touchdown. It's down to, what, five and a half or thereabouts. Uh, Penn State packs the defense. Auburn, I have no idea what they've beaten the first couple of weeks. I can't get too excited, I don't think. Your thoughts, TC? I love Penn State right away. And the deeper it goes into this week, the more and more I'm coming to the Auburn side of things. Harson, the way that 
I don't know if he's fixed Bo Nix, but Bo Nix looks completely different than the quarterback we saw for his first couple of years on campus with Auburn here. Sneaking suspicion this one's going to come down to the end, going to come down to a field goal one way or the other. It's about grabbing the points here. and mm. the, the line, Auburn has played not played in a Big Ten stadium since 1931. I saw that. That's crazy. Yeah. Absolutely baffling, Bama. What's the conversation down there in Alabama about this game? That, I tell you what, Auburn fans are jacked about their new coach. Again, you kind of have to pump the brakes, mm-hmm. okay? Akron and Alabama State, they've, they've outscored them 122-10, to 10, which you take nothing from that. I don't think Bo Nix has been fixed. Okay, he's he's better, but Auburn put the ball has they haven't lost in his. You kind of get lost a little bit in the in the turnovers, you know, because they really haven't turned it over per se. But they put it on the ground five times in the first two games. Okay, if they do that against Penn State and, and lose a couple of those, this game can flip. I'm I'm with you though that. The, the reason that, that Auburn is so excited is for this game. A new coach, you know, Bo Nix, is he better, is he not better? I don't know. But you're right. They never get to play these kind of games. These are the kind of games that fans want. They don't want mm-hmm. neutral site Atlanta. Right. They don't want Charlotte. They want to go to a place that they've never been, and they've never been to Happy Valley. Auburn's never been there. Uh, the last time I think they played, was I don't know maybe in a bowl game or something like that. I think Penn State came down here, uh, you know, thirty years ago, something like that. But they never, you never get these games. I think the last time Penn State hosted an SEC team was Alabama, uh, you know, back in maybe Joe Paterno's last year. So these are both sides. These are fired up games. When's the last time you saw a wideout game that wasn't against Michigan or Ohio State? That's how excited Penn State fans are. I'm. I'm all over this game. It's going to be a great environment. SEC, Big Ten, we know that rivalry anyway. In terms of the game, Clifford's going to have to play better. Uh, but Penn State's defense is legit. And Auburn, for all everything they've done, they have not faced any resistance. They've done whatever they've wanted to do, whether it's run, throw, play action, you know, jet sweeps, anything they wanted to run was successful. That's not going to be the case tomorrow night. It could stay inside the number. If I had to make a pick either way, I would lay the points. I think Penn State can win this by seven, but I think it's this is the kind of game that gets fans excited, and Auburn fans are really jacked up, and we'll know tomorrow after tomorrow night or after Saturday night really what kind of team Auburn has because they just have not been tested at all. Penn State has and passed it yep. that first week in Madison, so I think that gives them a pretty big advantage here. All right, guys, a couple minutes left, so let's uh, let's move, Trent, to Purdue and Notre Dame. Purdue's off to a good start. Notre Dame's, I don't know what they are yet. I, I think they're better than Purdue. Do you? Better, yes. Seven points better? That's the rub. I don't think this Notre Dame team is all that good. They're defensively. What have they been built on since Kelly has brought them back for a second time in the resurgence? Great defensive mm-hmm. and offensive lines and a quarterback that can make some plays. Jack Cohn is Jack Cohn. Nothing's really changed with him. But those lines are not as good here. Now it's Purdue. Is Brom going to come up with an Iowa game plan or a game plan that he has against anybody else? If he comes up with one of those Iowa game plans and find David Bell and find a way to get him open, they got a shot here. Might take away the first two weeks. I have no feeling about Purdue. I just don't think the Irish are very good. Hmm. What about you, Bama? 
Yeah, this is interesting because you know Purdue's my guilty pleasure team. Yep, I do. Um, I, I look Oregon State and UConn. Okay, two. One's a decent team. One is probably the worst team in FBS. Um, but I look at Notre Dame, and I'm I'm with Trent on this. They have they're averaging 98 yards a game on the ground, guys. This is supposed to be you know Brian Kelly, you know just smash mouth football, blah blah. Against a Florida State team, they had to go to overtime to win, who lost to Jacksonville State. And then if the guy from Toledo goes down at the one instead of trying to get in the end zone, they could have dropped that game last week. Uh, I don't. I'm with you. I don't know what they are. I have been more impressed with Cone than I thought I would be. He, I think he's an upgrade over Ian Book. I mean, he, mm. he's just big. He stands in the pocket. He's got that monster tight end in Mayer out there. Yeah, but I think for Purdue to hang around, uh, David Bell's going to have to make some plays. And Notre Dame gave up some plays last week to to Toledo. I mean, that was just that was a stunner. I kept that was one of those. It was on Peacock and. It was really hard to flip, and I have it, but it was hard to flip from streaming back to DirecTV, and so I just kind of had to keep it updated and uh, was following along. But they could never pull away. I don't know about the spread here. I, I you know, I, I, I'm staying away from this game betting, but I think it's got a chance to be good. This, uh, and this is again, they haven't played. The last time they played was in Ireland in 2014. This seems like a game. In the past, it has been played a lot. It seems like one that should be played more, but it's not. So. I guess I would lean Notre Dame to win the game. I don't know about the line, but they got to get something right in that running game because if if they don't, I don't know that Cone is just good enough. He's probably good enough to beat Purdue, but some of the other teams on their schedule, including Cincinnati, I don't know if he's good enough to beat by himself. I'll tell you what's one of the reasons to tune in and watch this game. I think a future NFL star in Kyle Hamilton, the safety, number 14 for Notre Dame, uh, he's oh, going to play a long time in the in the league, guys. Let's uh, let, we'll save sneaky for one minute. You can only watch one game. Well, you can't watch any, Trent. You've got high school football tonight. But if you could, uh, Central Florida, Louisville, or Maryland, Illinois, for you? Oh, it's Maryland, Illinois, just because of the Big Ten ties, yep. and uh, we're going to see Maryland. I win a couple of weeks on a Friday night, Indeed. so it's that weeks, one for me. Two weeks from tonight, Bama. You can only watch one game. Which one are you watching tonight? Of those same, two, same one for the same reasons and. You know, we have our guilty pleasure teams. Yep. Louisville is like my avoid team. I can't stand watching really? them. I have no idea why. <laughs> I just don't like watching Louisville. I never have, and I just don't enjoy it. So even if there wasn't anything on, I don't know what I'd watch. But it's Maryland, Illinois. For me. Yeah, same here. Trent, your sneaky game of the week is what? It's There's a, a lot of choices. Oh, yeah, and this oh, is a gosh. weird one. One o'clock kickoff. We don't see that Central Time very often anymore. One o'clock kickoff. It's on ESPN Plus. Kansas State welcomes in the Wolfpack from Nevada. Carson Strong is an outstanding quarterback. Yes, he is. We know about the injury to Skylar Thompson, mm-hmm. how different Kansas State is. This one is going to be a very good game. Nevada trying to put themselves in conversation. Talked about the Big 12 you know, needing something in the non-conference, and K-State's one of the few teams that's provided that mm-hmm. with their win against Stanford. Look out here, the Wolfpack are coming. You know, I should have figured that out because out of the blue, you brought that up earlier in the week, that game. <laughs> uh, Bama, which is your sneaky good game of the week? Oh, gosh, I got about four of them, but I guess if I got to pick one, I got two starred right here. I'm going to see where you go. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go 7 o'clock ESPN 2, Tulane and Ole Miss. <laughs> we, we saw Tulane early oh. uh, against Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. We're in that game. We've seen Ole Miss run Louisville 
Um, I did. I did watch part of that one, even though I don't like watching Louisville. Um, I think this has got a chance to be good. Lane Kiffin called Tulane an SEC team, and you know they could probably beat a lot of the dregs like Vanderbilt and South Carolina and Mississippi State, maybe at the bottom. But I think this this has got a chance to be an up tempo game. I think uh, Ole Miss, their defense is a little better. Tulane gave Oklahoma a scare. Can they go into Oxford and do it? I don't know, but. It kicks off 30 minutes after Auburn and Penn State, so I may get to flip over at halftime, catch 20 minutes of this, and maybe the end of it is close. I got a couple guys. Um, Michigan State-Miami was my runner-up. I'm going to go Minnesota and Colorado. Just kind of a fun one, isn't it? Just a fun game, right? Big Ten, Pac-12, games in Boulder. Uh, we won't see because it's on the Pac-12 network, uh, but uh, that to me be my sneaky good game. Yeah, there's another one on the Pac-12, Ken, Fresno-UCLA. You know what? That's, that's, a, that's a fabulous game. I agree. And here's my prediction. Uh, I have no idea what Trent's doing next. I'm, uh, he's running the show. His picks, this game is in his picks. Is it, TC? Yeah. You know me too well. <laughs> I knew it. And you're <laughs> grabbing those points. I'll guarantee you, but tune in for that. Bama, I won't uh, talk to you until a week from today. Uh, You and Trent will recap the weekend in college football next week. Thank you, Bama. Appreciate it as always, my friend. Love it, Ken. And uh, I'm going to need a selfie from the airport to prove that you got on an airplane. Just whenever you can post that to Twitter, uh, let us all know, please. Yeah, sometime I'll do something from Allegiant Stadium. Thanks to Ken. Thanks to Bama Bob. Always fun catching up with those guys. And Ken on his way to Vegas says, away we go. With that, going to come back on the other side. Going to take our first look at the Cyclones. Dive into things with Dave Sproul from KASI. We'll talk some Cyclones against the running Rebels. 30 and a half is the number. We'll get Dave's thoughts on the game, the disappointment of last week against Iowa, and the rest of the season, what's in front. That's coming up with Dave Sproul. Then Hour 2 will kick off. We'll talk Hawkeyes with Tom Caker, HawkeyeReport.com. Still to come, your chance to win. we got some Claxons barbecue coming your way. That's coming up here in the 11 o'clock hour, along with our picks. Ken will join us one final time. His picks for the games this weekend. I'm 8-2 and two on the season against the spread. Ken kissing his sister at five and five. We'll work to do better this week after a three and two performance. That's coming your way at the end of the show. With you until noon today, it's Miller and Condon, 1460 KXNO at 106.6. Miller County continues, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Trent Condon, solo edition today, but a host of great guests. Great to hear from Bama Bob and Ken. Yes, Ken's on a plane right now. We did that yesterday. So if there was anything that uh, changed or moved or point spreads we talked about, uh, just a little eye on that one. Right now, time to talk Cyclones as we do each and every Friday. He is Dave Sproul. 1430 KASI as he joins us here on a football Friday. Dave, is always good catching up. A week of licking the wounds for Cyclone fans. Probably hasn't been fun to be in the cubicle if you got a Hawkeye next to you this week. I would imagine not. That was, oh man, I, I would feel bad for any Cyclones fans who had to put up with that. But uh, I guess that's uh, what you get. Those are the risks you take when you decide to, you know, root for a. Uh, or, you know, latch on to your favorite team, I guess. Yeah, there's always the negativity. We're both Twins fans. We know about uh, yeah, exactly. that, that side of it very, very well. Dave, with that, turn your attention to UNLV. Before that, though, 
Let's go back to the quarterback decision as Purdy was taken out of the game, had the three interceptions. Really, you can look at all three of those interceptions. There's a couple. There's a drop pass that led to an interception, a tip ball. And the first one, Matt Hankins got away with pass interference as he pulled on Xavier Hutchinson there. Brock Purdy wasn't playing great. That's not what I'm trying to sell here, though. But it maybe wasn't as bad as the numbers indicated. Yeah, I, I was surprised. I mean, to see Brock Purdy get pulled at all for non-injury reasons is surprising. And for it to come at that point in the game also was rather surprising because we're talking early in the fourth quarter, and it, it, it does kind of feel over at that point. And anytime Iowa scores a defensive touchdown, it's a pretty safe bet they're going to win. Uh, but it didn't It didn't feel like Iowa State was completely out of it, and there was still a chance, and we've seen Brock Purdy turn things around in-game uh, before, so I figured he would probably still get the chance at least one more possession to try to make something happen for the Cyclones. And So it was very surprising to me to see him get uh, get yanked there, and Hunter Deckers did some good things. I don't know if Iowa had their second-teamers in, but they were definitely playing a softer defense when he uh, engineered that touchdown drive, so I'm not, I'm not sure how much to read into that, but... Uh, it's just a, a situation where, you know, after the game, Matt Campbell's pretty low-key about it. He wasn't, like, trying to send a message or m- mad at uh, at Brock or whatever, and he pointed out multiple times, both after the game Saturday and, and Tuesday during his weekly media conference, that uh, it wasn't just about Brock Purdy, whatever offensive shortcomings happened last Saturday. It wasn't just about the quarterback, but that was part of it. And so he just wanted to get Brock out of there, give him a chance to get his head together and refocus and, I'm sure we've seen Brock Purdy bounce back from some bad stretches before. I don't think we've seen him have two bad games in a row like we have uh, the first two weeks of this season, but we've seen him bounce back before, and there's a lot of reasons to believe he can do it again. Uh, we'll have to see if he can do it against UNLV tomorrow. With that, UNLV's bad. And I just don't think we're going to be able to tell a lot here. But looking forward, look to the week forward, Baylor. You know, last year, Baylor... Had Iowa State in the ropes, and Kenny Nwangu, I think, won that football game for Iowa State a year ago. Of course, he's not around, but it pretty struggles again. How quick do you think the hook would be looking forward? Say the Baylor game's tight and he's not playing well in the third quarter. You think we see Hunter Deckers trot out onto the field? That's far more of a possibility than I ever expected it would have been after seeing what happened last Saturday. I mean, uh, I I would have never expected uh, Matt Campbell to, to pull Mark. Brock Purdy's like pulling your own son out of the game. <laughs> That's the kind of relationship they have. So, I mean, if it does send a message, yeah, it's Matt Campbell saying, look, if you don't perform up to expectations, we'll find somebody else who will. And that's pretty consistent messaging from him. Although I thought if there was ever an exception, it might be Brock Purdy. But if that's what has to be done to win a game, that's probably what Matt Campbell will do. And if he if he is of the belief at some point that Hunter Deckers gives Iowa State a better chance to win, yeah, he, he'll probably make that move. It, it would be still very surprising to see, and mostly because it would just be very surprising to see Brock Purdy play that poorly. Uh, but it could happen, yeah. Over to the defense. Played very well last week in the game against Iowa, as you'd anticipate from this squad. It's a really good defensive team. John Haycock this week was talking a little bit about UNLV, a couple of different quarterbacks, and maybe we'll see Tate Martell, a guy that much ballyhooed coming out of high school. He was a five-star. He's been all over the country, now in Vegas. What do you think to see out of UNLV and what the defense is going to do to ratchet up the pressure against those quarterbacks? Yeah, that well, that'll be interesting to see how they respond to whoever the starting quarterback is for UNLV. There's some question there because the, the guy who started last week, uh, Brumfeld, Doug Brumfeld is injured, and last update I saw, he was considered day-to-day, which 
can mean a lot of things to a lot of different coaches. So who knows? And yeah, they have Martell who's been on the bench. I think he's eligible. I think he's, he's available to play. And given that he's a guy who's been recruited by Ohio State and Miami and others uh, in his career, uh, it seems like a guy who would have the talent you would want to see on the field if you're UNLV. So I, we can't put it out of the realm of possibility at the very least they'll, they'll get him out there a little bit or maybe even start the game. Who knows? Uh, but uh, it'll be an interesting challenge for Iowa State to have to respond defensively to, uh, you know, one of possibly three quarterbacks at some point during the game. You know, they, they might start with one guy, go to another guy, might see somebody get hurt. You never know. And so there's three different candidates out there for UNLV to, to get on the field and take snaps. And so it'll be interesting to see Iowa State's response to that. I don't think we'll see anything too exotic. They don't really do anything too exotic, really. I mean, just making that switch to the three – three-man front some years ago was as exotic as, as it came, I guess, in the Big 12. Uh, but, you know, John Haycock doesn't throw a lot of silly things or, or goofy things at you. He'll blitz. He'll do some different stuff. He'll mix it up. But he doesn't do anything that's totally outrageous uh, and unseen. It's just hard to predict. You know, he mixes it up enough that you can't really call the defense predictable. So I, I think they'll respond. Uh, but uh, how they respond to any particular lineup that you want to throw out there it's really very hard to predict at the moment well just two weeks away and it'll be brocktober before we know it with that dave the slow start we heard it this spring we heard it during fall camp we heard it all summer long that it was going to be different that this team their biggest thing in the offseason they were working toward towards was a fast start why didn't it happen well, because I mean, they've got to put it on the offense and the special teams too. Particularly last week, special teams was was not good overall. Um, the uh, the offense, though, the first two weeks has been a major disappointment, and maybe you know the Charlie Kohler injury had something to do with that. Um, but the fact that the fact that matters, Brock Purdy just hasn't been sharp, and that's the number one thing you need to have if, you, if this guy's you know the best quarterback in Iowa State history, and statistically speaking, he is. Uh, you, you've got to be better than than. He's been. He knows that as well as anyone. So I don't want to make it sound like I'm ripping on the guy. I'm sure he's he's thinking the same thing. He wants to go out and be better, even when he plays well. He talks about you know getting out there and playing better. So yeah, if Iowa State starts, wants to start fast in a season or in a game, Brock Purdy has to come out and, and be sharp, and that'll you know open things up for Brees Hall a little bit. I think Brees Hall certainly can be better. He has said that himself. He wants to be better. Offensive line can do a better job in both the run and pass game. Uh, but number one thing is you got to respect Brock Purdy because if you don't or if Brock Purdy has to make the defense respect him I guess is a better way to put it because if you don't they'll just load up to start stop Brees Hall and if, if Purdy can't carry the off 